Alrighty, welcome to another episode of the Church Lies Podcast, the podcast where we expose the lies of the church one scripture at a time. I am your host, E Dub, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hey, 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 look, look, this is this is uh Doc. I'm just uh here so I don't get fined. I'm kidding. I'm just uh join this lovely day that we're having today. Yes, sir. Hey, Shabbat Shalom to everybody out there. We're recording this on uh, January 30th, 2021. 2021 is already getting off to a very interesting start. Um, But we're going to stick to the script. Uh, We are in the series Jews, Gentiles, and Judgment. And last week, we went over um, the punishment of the Jews, the Most High's people. And it was a punished people part one. We dealt with Leviticus 26. And now we are going to go to Deuteronomy 28 and we're going to deal with these curses. And as a prelude to the curses, what I want people to understand is for me personally, this is what helped me to realize that the, the the so-called Negro, so-called black man and woman uh, that's in America and all over the world that's been scattered through the slave trade, that we are the true Israelites, that we are the, tr- the true descendants of the Most High. It was the curses of, of Deuteronomy 28. And just to give uh, a small backdrop of how I came into it, I always knew that, that uh, the curses... Um, of Deuteronomy 28, I always knew about them, but I didn't know what specifically they were. And um, two of my students, when I was a teacher, were killed. And I attended um, one of their vigils, and I saw all of the pain and the hurt from their friends and their loved ones, and it frustrated me. And I asked the Most High, why us? Why do we have to go through this? Why, why are we in so much pain? Why are we so destroyed? And he showed me like within the next week because you're my people. And then he revealed um, these curses to me. And when I saw these curses, it was like the light bulb went off. Oh my gosh, this is why we so messed up because your curses are on us. And we're going to talk about why um, these curses are on us and what we need to do to come out. All right. So we're going to start at um deuteronomy chapter 28 we're going to start about verse 15 and what we're going to do is we're going to um read through these scriptures and we're going to pinpoint um the specific curses and the reason why we call them curses is because the most high calls them curses he said if you obey my commandments you'll be blessed but if you disobey my commandments you'll be cursed and you're going to be cursed with specific curses. And that also brings like really takes into account that uh, if you come across a person that says, Oh, well, the Bible doesn't teach about curses. Oh, that's, um, that's not biblical. No, that's, that's not true at all. And that goes Mm -hmm. to show that you don't really read the word. You may just read the new Testament, but then you're not doing much reading like that. Like people do get cursed. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. 
let's get that notion out of out of your system that the most high ain't about that life. He is. <laughs> he is totally about that life. Right. What what do you think um uh plaguing people with frogs and stuff, you don't think that's a curse? Uh, yeah, no, nah, that's just, you know, it happenstance. Nah, bro. It's that's uh like this podcast is really to serve to just open your mind to the things that has, that you've been deceived about, whether it be big things like what we're about to go into today and a lot of the other topics that we've been through and the small things like just the idea of blessings and curses. People like to take the good with none of the bad where they like, they'll take all the blessings and stuff and all oh, God has blessed me and bless, 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 not taking into account that he'll take, not only take those blessings away, but leave you with a curse, whether it be a small curse or a generational curse, because you didn't do what he said that you were supposed to do. So it's always good to keep that in mind because when you read the whole book in and of itself, you'll get a better understanding on who he is and how he, how he interacts and how he does things. And there is a penalty for not doing what he says, which is what we're about to get into. Hey, I'm glad you, you mentioned that um, about the blessings because, um, you know, it's, there's, there's actually, we, we say it in, in church all the time. There's a song that Fred Hammond wrote a long time ago called, We're Blessed. We're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when we come and when we go. That's from Deuteronomy 28. But what are the conditions of the blessing? That's funny. <laughs> That's a proof. Yeah. That you take the blessing. You just take, take, you know, take the mm -hmm. 1 through 15. You do know that there's conditions with yep. it, right? So that means that if you don't do these conditions, that you got to do these things, right? Oh, no, we just going to mm -hmm. take the blessing when we come. We're going to say we bless when there's no evidence. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I actually want to Right. I, I actually want to start there just so that we can see um, what's taking place when it comes to that. So it's actually uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Uh, and I'm reading, I'm going to be going back and forth between the New King James and the Seeper. Uh, so this is New King James. Um, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of Yahuwah, your Elohim, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that Yahuwah, your Elohim, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now, remember, he's only talking to Israel. So if you are not an Israelite by blood, by descendant, these blessings don't apply to you. These blessings do not apply to you, nor do the curses. The curses don't apply to you either. So let's let's remember to put everything in context. He is talking to a specific people. When he, right. When he was on Mount Sinai, he wasn't talking to all the nations of the world. He was talking to one nation. Remember, we said nation means ethnicity. It's a, an um, identity of people. So verse two. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of your Elohim. You shall be blessed in the city. You shall be blessed in the country. You shall uh, be blessed. No, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds. You shall be blessed. Uh, your basket shall be blessed. Your kneading bowl shall be blessed. 
uh, Yahuwah will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. So these are all of the blessings that would have happened to us if we did what he said in verse one, observe carefully all his commandments, which he commands us. Now, we already talked about some of these uh, punishments and curses last week, talking about how um, you'll, you'll flee at the sound of a leaf. You'll run when no one pursues you. So that already directly contradicts this blessing here in verse seven, where he says, uh, your enemies shall be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven. We're not in that boat. So we have to remember to be honest and be realistic when it comes to the word of the most high. When we look at us as a people, we're not coming against our enemies one way and they fleeing from us seven ways. We're not blessed as a people in the city. We're not blessed as a people in the country. We're not. The evidence shows that we're not. The evidence shows that we are still struggling. We are still oppressed. They're still redlining us in the city. They're still arresting us illegally for crimes we did not commit in the city. They are still prohibiting us from buying land in the field. These are things that they are still doing that are preventing us from getting the blessing that we're supposed to have. And so we have to be honest when it comes to these things. All right. So I just wanted to point that out real quick that, you know, the song, the Fred Hammond song, we're blessed in the city, that song. Yeah, that came from Deuteronomy 28. But I remember being in church, knowing that the curses were around verse 15, but never really reading the curses. We talked about the blessings in church, but we never really talked about the curses. It wasn't until I left church and realized that the curses specifically affected black people that I went and I sat down and I read the curses. And when I read them, I said, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. This is us. This is us. This is why we're going through what we're going through. So let's get down to that. Verse 15. So. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of Yahuwah, your Elohim, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So right there, the Most High is saying, you're going to be cursed if you don't obey my commandments. So if we're blessed for obeying and we're cursed for disobeying, then how can we say that the commandments and the statutes are done away with, especially if those curses are still applying to us to this day? And this is my problem with the idea that JC, the one we call Jesus Christ, because he died for our sins, we don't have to obey the law anymore. Or Here's my problem with that. Anymore. It's like that, that has right. nothing to do. Those are two separate things. <laughs> I mean, 
completely different because the curse is still applied to us today. If he had not died in the past and we were under the curse, then you could say, well, um, it, it, it might not matter because he hasn't come and died yet, but he died in the past. And even after he died, the curses are still on us now. That means his death did not do away with the law. Nowhere in his word does he say that his death does away with the law. He came to reinforce the law. Right. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, his word is the Torah. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> the Bible says that the word is his Torah. And so if that's the case, we cannot say that the law is done away with because he died. Because the evidence shows that it's not. The evidence shows that he is punishing a specific people despite the fact that he sent his son to die for these same people. Right. So we that that has to be dealt with because the foundation of Christianity is all you got to do is believe that he died on the cross and you good. But if you are cursed based on what you do, then his death on the cross, and it, and it wasn't even a cross, but his death does not remove the commandments that he gave. That's not scriptural. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that his death removed the commandments. He taught keep the commandments. Paul taught to keep the commandments. He did. Yep. He said in Romans chapter 2, it is not the hearers of the law who are justified, but it is the doers of the law who are justified inside of Elohim. Speaking of that, speaking of that specific verse, um, I was I they just harkened back to me whenever uh, we were in a church and then um, they would end like the scripture reading. Uh, blessed be the mm -hmm. uh, hearers, the readers, and especially mm -hmm. the doers of his holy word. And, and I'm like, yep. now that I read that text again, it's like, oh, so he, he's talking about the law. Like, mm -hmm. talking about you actually following the law. Reading about yep. it and hearing about it is one thing, but actually following the law. But we thought that as doing what the pastor said. That's mm -hmm. That's pretty much what we what we were conditioned into thinking as opposed to doing what the word says that we should be doing not through the eyes of the pastor or the preacher or the minister is doing it through what the word says mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely so we we know that the new testament teaches to keep the commandments paul john Peter and Yahushua, the one that Christian Christians call Jesus. He, they all taught to keep the commandments. They all reinforced what was already written in the Old Testament. They didn't come and say, we're going to write the New Testament, which throws out the Old Testament. They didn't do that. They said, we're going to write this New Testament as instructions for the people that were in the Roman Empire at that time. We got to remember that everything that is in the New Testament was written while the Israelites were under the Roman Empire. So everything that they went through was in the context of Rome. So the Old Testament goes through the Babylonian captivities, 
the Persian captivity, the Assyrian captivity, the uh, Grecian captivity, and also goes through prophecies of the future, prophecies not just of the Israelites, but prophecies of different, different nations and what they would be going through. If you want to know why the Middle East is so messed up right now, go read Amos. He told you, this is what's going to happen to these nations over here because of what they did to my people. That's what they're going through right now. That's why there's no peace over there. And so when you know that this is what the Old Testament is about, how can you create the frame that, well, Jesus and his apostles and disciples, they wrote the New Testament to basically make all of that stuff null and void so that we don't have to follow that. And all we have to do is believe. When Paul said that by faith, the law is established. When James said, faith without works, the works of the Torah is dead. James said, he who does not keep one point of the law is guilty of breaking the whole thing. And so when this is what the apostles and the disciples taught, how can we say that, well, well, this law is done away with and we don't have to keep that. We just have to go to church and we just have to love God. We just have to believe and we just got to confess our sins. You're, you're, you're proving that you're the Pharisees. And another thing, and this is something, it's an easy way to disprove all of that. Um, and it's due, and it's really from um, a lot of times some of the verses that they use to uphold whatever rhetoric that they want to uphold that contradicts the, the word. When um, uh, anytime that the Most High says that his word is forever, that these laws are right. forever. Um, the last right. time I checked, um, forever doesn't have an end date. So um, whenever you say all the laws done away with, it's easy for us to be like, okay, where does it say that? Oh, well, the, uh, well when he died, in the word, it doesn't say that. Well, it's done away with. How how does he? So that would mean, let's say he he did away with his law. That would mean that his law wasn't perfect. So you're saying that he created an imperfect law. Uh, so it's like these questions will go into other questions that will pretty much unroot their whole foundation of what it is that they're talking about. So it's just a lot easier to just call them stupid. <laughs> hey, and the unrooting of the foundation is necessary because the foundation is built on Babylon. Right. The foundation of Christianity is built on Catholicism. Catholicism is the ruler of this world, of this kingdom. It is the religious rule of this kingdom. And that's what Christianity is built on. That's Babylon. Yeah, if you look into a lot of the things, a lot of the customs that Catholicism does, it's like it's a lot of paganism in that and some of the mm -hmm. and some of the people that they claim is oh well you know uh we uh we do um marry uh the mother of jesus and then you start looking into that and what she's referred to as like the queen mother of heaven the queen of heaven or the queen of the sea mm -hmm. and you're like wait mm -hmm. where have i heard these terms before then you look back you're like oh that's what they called ishtar huh astroth that was a babylonian mm -hmm. god huh Interesting. That's uh, how how look at that correlation going. 
Absolutely. And that that's why it's so important to read the word for yourself, because that's how you see that following church and Christianity and then following the word are two different things. This is why I, I left, because I, I read the word and I saw what we were doing in church and the two didn't line up. And once I found out we were the Israelites and then we gonna get into some of the scriptures that pointed me to the fact that Christianity was not is not the religion that we're supposed to follow. It's not the way we're supposed to follow. That's actually down later on in these curses. Um, but we're gonna get into that a little bit later. So what what verse were we on? We were on uh, we were on verse um, 16. Yeah. So instead of being blessed in the city, verse 16, you'll be cursing the city. Instead of being blessed in the country, you're gonna be cursing the country. Instead of your basket and your kneading bowl being blessed, it's gonna be cursed. Okay, so these are the curses that would come upon our people for not obeying. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to get into some specific curses that talk about what we're going through today. So the first verse that I want to deal with is um, verse 23. We're not going to stay on here long because we dealt with this last week. Um, verse 23, your heavens which are over you shall be bronze and the earth which is under you shall be iron. That's just like what we read in Leviticus. That sounds like prison. That sounds like jail. That sounds like the slave quarters where they held them until they were shipped off. That's what that sounds like. Okay, so let's keep going. Let's go to. Mm. I, I got to I got to deal with verse 26. Verse 26 is kind of hard um, for me to deal with, but I, I, ha I have to deal with it. Um. Verse 26, your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no one shall fray them away. What I'm reminded of when I when I hear that scripture is the lynchings of our people and how their bodies were just left there to hang. And birds of prey, vultures, will come and pick on our bodies. Uh, that's difficult for me personally because, you know, both my parents were raised in the South and um, my family, I have a lot of family down there and, and they dealt with that. They dealt with that. Um, we've even had some lynchings up here in St. Louis not too, not too long ago. Um, in the Ferguson area. Yeah. They, they, they said it was a suicide, but we, we know how that goes. Um, so that that's that's another example. <clears throat> and that, that one is difficult. Uh, also dealing with the fact that, you know, our, our babies were used as bait for alligators by the gator hunters back then. They said the, uh, the slave master would go in at night and steal the babies from... Um, the slave mothers they would go in and steal them um, and then they would take them and use them splash them in the water to draw up the alligators because they that's what they want to hear they want to hear a distressed sound and they would eat the babies and consume the babies while the slave catchers was, was catching them your carcasses will be food for the birds of the air and the beast of the field again us. Whew, okay, next scripture. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you can't stay there long. Whew. 
verse 20. And, and honestly, this, this is hard to, to go through reading all these scriptures because you, you, you remember what your people went through and what they're still going through now. And the, the scriptures are very specific. And so that's, that's why we have to deal with this. Um, verse 28. And Yahuwah will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. And you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in the darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually. And no one shall save you. He will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. Have you ever seen... Um, a drug addict on the street. Mm-hmm. An, an alcoholic. You know, I, I taught a lot of my kids and a lot of their parents were alcoholics and they they were mad. They were blind. They were confused in heart. You couldn't really explain anything to them. You couldn't even explain to them that you were trying to help their child. And I, I felt sorry for my kids because it was like, man, this is who's raising you. No wonder you act like that. Their parents are blind, mad, confused at heart. Grope about at noonday um, as a blind man gropes in the darkness. And when I first read that, I was like, what does that mean? It's like when you when the lights are off and you in your house, you're trying to get to your bedroom. You got to kind of feel your way around in order to get to where you're going because you can't see. Have you ever seen our people just kind of wandering around? not really doing nothing, just kind of wandering. Don't know where they're going. Not sure what's going on. That's that's what he's talking about. And you shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually and no one shall save you. That's the same word. Yesha, the same word that we talked about being saved, being delivered from this oppression. Now, here, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Okay, here, this is one of the scriptures that really got me. Hold on, hold on, before we go to verse 30, um, I want to highlight uh, verse 29. Uh, you shall not uh, prosper. Let's see. All right, so, anyway, sorry about that. Uh, so, it'll be... You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. Look at what we're doing, de- what we've been dealing with for hundreds of years here. We've only been oppressed. Mm-hmm. Anything that we've tried to do um, either gets stolen and sold for millions of dollars, billions of dollars. We create entire industries that we don't even profit from. We make clothing lines hot mm-hmm. that we don't even profit from. We make we are American culture, essentially, and we don't profit from it at all. And it's a continuous thing. We, they look to us in terms of where the needle's going to move, where the trend is going to be, where what's hot's going to be in. They look to us for that, but we don't get paid on that. They continuously exploit us for who we are and what we are about. Whenever we call it out, people are just lazadaisical about it. And the you shall be oppressed continually portion. 
think of like every single like we've been complaining about the same issues for over a hundred years. But the thing is, whenever we complain about it, it used to be a time when they would just completely ignore it. Now they ignore it with some sauce on it. They instead of them just not acknowledging it, they'll acknowledge it and then move on. Or better yet, they'll group our issues, our very specific issues that only we've dealt with, and try and lump in another minority group. Oh, well, the Latinas went through stuff too. Not what we went through. Mm. <laughs> well, the Asians went through stuff too. Not what we went through. Like you, like these, they want to play like oh, the oppressive Olympics where everybody wins first place except black people. They they only win first place right. in spirit. And then whenever they come out with a new policy or a new rule, it benefits everybody except black people, or it benefits everybody. But then they try to flip it and it's saying that oh well, it it been, see this is we created a, a policy for black people. No, that's for everybody. You created an everybody policy. Don't try and play dumb like you actually made some progress for us. You didn't. You raised the boats while we still have holes in ours. So like looking at this as a curse is like the fact that we've been talking about the same issues for hundreds of years. We've been going through the same stuff for over a hundred years. We've been going through these things. We've been saying the same things that we have leader after leader, uh, public speaker after public speaker, activist after activist talking about the same exact thing and nothing's been done about it or people have been fooled into thinking that we've actually made progress or fooled into thinking that they should prolong uh, their freedom in efforts to help everybody else when everybody else don't have that same mentality. That leads into the, um, you be, we'll be struck with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. We've been conditioned into thinking that helping everybody is the, uh, is the way to go, where everybody else has been conditioned into helping their specific group is the way to go. F, F everybody else. We've been conditioned into saving. We uh, black people were tasked with not only being the uh, habitual victim, but the habitual savior of America. It's a it's a total, 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 just insane concept that we are the habitual victim. We are the habitual oppressor. But whenever America's in trouble, we are the ones expected to save it. We are the ones to expect it to uphold the quote-unquote American values. But whenever that day is over, oh, you know, oh, we got to thank Black people for getting Trump out of office. Oh, my goodness, Black people really saved the election. Oh, go, you go, Black people. And, oh, you know, we got to restore the soul of America. You know, Black people, Black people, Black, 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 Black. But then when it actually comes to people doing stuff for us, the only thing that they have is smile. Oh, you know, we'll create a day. Oh, you know, we'll create a mural. Oh, you know, we'll we'll write some lettering in the street, but then when it comes to other groups, oh, we'll give you guys money. Oh, we'll give you guys land. Heck, going back to um, slavery. Um, as people when people were getting out of slavery, when slavery was over, reparations was given. It just wasn't given to black people. It was given to the slave owners because they were losing their property. What type of mess is that? And yep. then on top of that, which people yep. continuously overlook, reconstruction. And forget how important yep. that was in terms of the generational wealth being funneled to white people and immigrants. 
in in black well in American society, people were coming in from other countries getting hundreds of acres of land, hundreds of acres of land for the free. This this was like reparations I've never like that has been unprecedented. If you were from any of these qualifying countries, mainly white, you just come into the country, as soon as you become American citizen, they'll give you some land and then you be about your business. Give you some land. You hurry. Hey. They didn't even know how to grow the food on the land. They taught them how to grow the food. We already exactly. knew how they to do it. They taught them how to flip it. But then when it came to us actually getting something, they just stuck with, you free, ain't you? I mean, what, what, mm-hmm. what do you want us to do? We're an educator. We couldn't read. Right. We had to do everything. We literally got, got it out the mud. Literally. Literally got it out the mud. Mm-hmm. And then when any type of little progress that we would make, Boom, oppression will happen. Oh, you know, you got started a Freedmen's Bank. We want that. Oh, you know, you're trying to um, gain your own land. We want that, and we're going to put you back in slavery, but we're going to call it sharecropping. That means we'll just pay you a little bit. Oh, you know, you're actually trying to do something for yourself. Clay and burn that stuff down. Oh, you guys are trying to really make something of yourself again. Burn that whole city down. Oh, you know, you're really. And it happened again and again and again and again and again. To the point where now, you you have a, a small populace of black people who don't want to move <laughs> because they're afraid yep. of what white people will do to them. Yep. Yep. And that's that's where it's like striking you with confusion of heart. You know that this stuff is wrong, but you've been conditioned into thinking that it's just the way it is. You know, I just gotta. Exactly. I'm just gonna deal with all this until I die. I'm just gonna um, not fight. I'm just gonna, hey, you know, our time will come by and by. That crap. Oh, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we we just gotta look to brighter days and not fight for anything. And that's um, like whenever when I look at just verse 29, it's just like, yeah, that's definitely us. Because no other group has dealt with that on the scale, up for the longevity, for like the current day that we dealt with this type of stuff. And people could say, oh, well, you know, that's just happenstance. Nah, bruh. Happenstance would be like, hey, yo, this happens like once every few years. Or maybe this happens once in a blue moon. But this has been a continuous thing for hundreds of years. This isn't happenstance. This, this is something very, very specific. And if you want to continue to deny it, that's fine. That's cool. Just give me an end date, and then I'll uh, and then we'll discuss that. But until you can give me an end date, or if you could give me a um, a good reason that doesn't involve this particular verse, then I would, I would gladly hear it. But for it to be this long, and any time a leader tries to come up, they get shot down or get co-opted. Any time that we even get up inkling of, oh, we're about to get some tangibles. It gets taken away from us and given to other people. So mm-hmm. that last portion, and no one shall save you, it's definitely looking like the case. Because whenever it comes to saving black folk, yeah. everybody all of a sudden got alligator arms trying to reach out for, oh, we, we don't know. What, what, uh, we, we really tried, but whenever it comes to every other group, it, it is ready to be ready and available to uh, give to them 
oh, you know, you guys are overseas in other countries. Oh, you know, let's go ahead and give them billions of dollars. Black people want reparations. Uh, reparations, you know, let's go ahead and start a committee, a commission to talk about it. And then we'll pass a bill to talk about the commission, to talk about if we're going to give it to them. Uh, I don't know about that one. Right. Oh, wait, hold up. These store owners are... Oh, these Asian store owners, and they, uh, they're going through some stuff? All right, go ahead and give them some money. Well, what about reparations? Oh, man, uh, you guys still on that? And no, no one shall save you. And when, when you know stuff like the fact that the federal government has a program, a counterintelligence program called COINTELPRO, where they have specific, specific units designed to make sure that black people stay oppressed. They have a unit, I can't remember what the name of the unit is, but their, their goal is to destroy any black messiah. This is, the, this is a, a federally funded program paid by US tax dollars to prevent black people from having in their words, a black messiah someone to deliver them. No one shall save you until you return to these commandments. Let's, let's keep going for the sake of time to do the convention. You shall betroth the wife and another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but shall not gather its grapes. Now, that's not what happened to us in slavery. I don't know what is. Yet again, another example of how we are punished for not keeping his commandments. And it's very specific. You shall betroth the wife, but another man will lie with her. We all know what happened in the slave quarters. Whichever woman the master wanted, that's the woman that he took. Made children and didn't raise them. Lecrae said, deadbeat daddy was taught to me before my time. Made the baby. Wouldn't claim That's him. very true. Wow. Yes. That is very yes. true. All of our behavior is learned. All of our behavior is learned. We're not the original gangster. We're not the original gangbanger. We're not the original deadbeat father. We learned that from our enemies. And we still trying to be like them. Hmm. You shall build a house, but shall not dwell in it. I mean, come on now. Mm -hmm. White House. <laughs> Plantations. You know, we built colleges. We built these colleges here. We built Harvard, Yale, Princeton. We built those colleges. But shall not dwell in it. Oh, you're going to build us this college, but you can't come to this school. You shall plant a vineyard, but not gather its grapes. Let's skip verse 31 and go to verse 32, because this is still happening today. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. Your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. And there shall be no strength in your hand, meaning you cannot stop your, your sons and daughters from being taken from you. Now, that happened, obviously, during slavery when they split the families up, sent the son this way, sent the daughter that way, 
you know, if you look in Joel um, chapter three, he talks about what they did to his people when they sold a boy for a harlot and traded a girl for wine. Slave masters did that. And so not only did that happen then, but that's happening now when you look at the foster care system. They've created an environment to where they've messed up the black man and black women so much that they cannot take adequate care of their children. And then they are taken from them, put into foster care, where they're really not taken care of in many cases, where they're really destroyed. I work with students who were traumatized by the foster system and what, what happened to them while they were in it. So even to this day, children are still being taken and still nothing that we can do. Verse 33, a nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. And we know what continually means. It's the new right. To this day. To this day. To this day, Deontay Wilder, to this day, we oppress. To this day, they still eating our fruit. The fruit of our land and the produce of our labor. 34. I'm on verse 34. All right, we're going to skip 34, and we're going to go down to 36. Now, this is the scripture that should shake every Christian to his or her core. Yahuwah will bring you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. When I read that scripture, I said, wait a minute. You will bring, he will bring you and the king whom you set over you. Because remember, before we came over here, we were um, a part of the, the Bantu dynasty, many of us. We were descendants of the Bantu dynasty and the, uh, the Ghanaian dynasty who were ruled by Hebrew kings. And so he said, the, you and the king that you sit over you, you will go to another nation that neither you nor your fathers have known, meaning a new nation, a new created nation. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. Now, my first thought when I saw wood and stone was I'm thinking, the wood is referring to the cross of Christianity and um, stone is referring to Islam for the cobblestone. That's what I'm thinking when I first saw this. But after doing a study on what the scripture refers to when he says wood and stone, he, he's, he's simply saying um, this is something mm. made up by man. If he says you're, you're serving other gods, wood and stone, it means they're man-made. And so when I realized that, I said, well, that would if, if many of us are Christians, that would mean that Christianity is man-made. So I went digging into the history of Christianity. And sure enough, it's as man-made as a piece of pie. As is Islam. 
but Islam actually came a couple hundred years after Christianity. But Christianity was birthed by men. It's an amalgam of other religions brought together. That's technically what Catholicism means. Catholicism means universalism. It means everything brought together. And that's what Christianity was birthed out of. So here, he said, in this other nation where you're brought to, you will serve other gods. And that's when I started digging into Christianity and I found all of these other gods. And that's that's going to be our next series. We're going to talk about the gods of Christianity. We ain't even talking about the holidays. We not deal, we already and we dealt haven't with even dealt with all the holidays. We, we haven't even about dealt with all the Sunday holidays. But that, yeah. Oh, man. Well, well, when the, oh, you said hey. too. Oh, man. That's going to be fun. <laughs> hey, mm. the Sunday gods, the, the, the idols, the cross, the communion stuff, the robes. That's what we're going to deal with. The names, the name of the Lord, the name of God, the name of Jesus Christ, which is really Helios Krishna. That's what we're going to deal with when we expose the gods of Christianity. So that you will see how you're serving other gods as Christians. So once again, these curses are still on us. And that's deep because that says whatever you believe that keeps you from keeping the commandments to you, it's a curse. Christianity is a curse to our people. Christianity is a curse. He will bring you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known and there you will serve other gods, wood and stone. You serving Christianity is a curse to you. Verse 37. And you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all the nations where Yahuwah will drive you. A nigga. A dindu. We was kings, y'all. Look at the negress. Look at all the blacks. You will be a proverb, a bower. Like whenever you see like black people in any other like in these far off nations, like India, for perfect example, like there is a small population of people that look exactly like black people here in America, but they are essentially in, they are not even counted in the um, in the census. They are just castoffs. You know who they're, what they're called? CDs. S-I-D-I-S, I believe is how you spell it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. No matter where we are, we are a proverb and a byword and an astonishment among the nations where we're scattered. Mm. I, I don't think he was playing with us. I don't, I don't think he was playing because these are curses that we have gone through and are still going through to this day. Still going through this stuff. 
let's go down to verse 41. Okay. Verse 41. You shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours. They shall go into captivity. Now, I think this applies to slavery and now. Slavery, obviously, when um, they separated the families, sons and daughters went into captivity, sometimes went to other nations, you know, went to other plantations, separate families, all that type of stuff. But then now, your sons and daughters shall go into captivity. Now, we got the captivity of the streets. We got the captivity of this music. We got the captivity of these games. I've met kids where their parents can't tell them nothing. The streets tell them what to do. The streets tell them how to live. I'm talking about captivity. I'm talking about whole families that had to get up and leave town because some was in it too deep. And they came to the house looking for them. Came shooting up the house. Captivity. Sons and daughters in captivity. So still going through these curses as a people. Where we at? Verse, we're going to skip 42 and go to 43. Now, this one's very interesting. It's, I want you to, to, to go in on this one. Okay. The uh, ale- let's do 43 and 44. The stranger that yeah, in the, you the, shall get above you very high, and you shall come down very low. Talk about that. Rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down low and lower. He shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. I mean, this perfect is a perfect. This is what I went into earlier. Any like during Reconstruction, mm-hmm. immigrants came into this nation that we built. Yep. And got free money, free land, yep. free money from doing nothing but being white yep. or and just got free money. And then have and then they turn around and have audacity to say to us, oh, well, you know, we we did it our own. How come you guys can't? Not even realizing that their ancestors got a handout and a hand up, <laughs> whereas we just got handed away. We got a hand off. So that was pretty much what we got. We were just told, hey, yo, you Negroes just stay over there. Then they complained about, cl- complained about us not being educated and not being able to do anything. Then when we started educating ourselves, then they complained about us being educated. It's like anything that Black people would do, they would complain about. Anything that they would do, they would excuse it. Anything that um, the alien would do, they would uplift the alien and treat them like the model minority, like Asians. Oh, they're the model minority all day long. How come everybody can be like them? Not even realizing that they also receive reparations. They they got a leg up because they're not treated like black people. They're not treated as, they've never been treated as worse, mm. as, as bad as we were. Like you could point to any group that's in America, never been treated as badly as we've been treated in America. Like people like to point, oh, well, what about the Jewish people? What about them? <laughs> like, like were they were they um Holocaust? Come on now, exactly. Do a hundred years, hundred years Holocaust. Good. I'm glad we're in agreement that we that we deserve reparations too. Just like they got, they got over eighty billion dollars and a whole country. Right. So if they did went through that, that was like what, seven years of just 
death and destruction. Yeah. Man, we've been through that for 200 plus years, 300 plus years, and then 200 plus years of slavery, and then another 100 years of active dis- discrimination and having other con- other uh, people get reparations over us and land allotments over us and a whole bunch of other stuff over us. So if they went through seven years of that, imagine how much we're old and we went through 300 plus years of that. But when but people don't like to see it that way. They tend to think that every minority has gone through uh, the same level of of hardships. But then when it comes to doling out rewards, uh, or not re- even rewards, uh, recompense for that, it's every other group that gets tangible, uh, tangible stuff. Whereas with black people, we just get we just get told to be cool with symbolic gestures and then treat those symbolic gestures as something tangible. Oh, well, we got the first female vice president. Oh, you know, she's a black female and she's black and she's female. What that mean? Oh, well, that's an inspiration. You know, that, that should show that uh, people like you too can become president. How does that help me now? <laughs> how, how, how does that help me now? Oh, well, you guys got Obama. That should be your reparations, which is something that a senator did say. And it's like, how? How, how, is, how, is, how does Obama being president or Kamala being vice president help me tangibly That help the black community as a whole tangibly? That's the same dog and pony show that they do, the grandstanding and the hot dog and that the dominant society love to do and prop up a black face mm-hmm. and say that hey yo here's your tangibles but then with every other group it's pretty much we're going to prop up these policies and these are your tangibles whereas when we say oh we want policies passed to a suit oh sure you know we'll lump you in with this policy that we're going to be providing to everybody but we'll say that it's for you nah bro Yet, yet another example of the curses that we're living in right now. The alien, the stranger, the outsider comes up above us. Everybody that comes over here, they get loans to start their businesses. They can keep their culture. They can do all that. We the only ones that came over here and was not allowed to keep their culture. Not allowed to keep their language. Not allowed even to keep their name. But they can come over here. They can start Indian businesses. They can they can get a whole community. <laughs> Have schools, markets, they whole a section. But we can't. We we can't have our own. Hey. They they are still after our own. They either destroy it or they heavily surveillance or it's under heavy surveillance. Mm. Well, what these Negroes are doing over here? uh, Minding our business. (laughs) Um, Nah, we can't have black people being prosperous. All right, go ahead and send a uh, send an informant in there to undo everything. And you wonder, why did they only do that to us? 
it's because of who we are. They know who we are. They know that we are the chosen children of the Most High. They know this. And that's why they treat us like this. That's why we must not trust them. We must not follow them. We must return to his commandments and we must do what he says, regardless of what they say. Let's keep going. Now, let's pinpoint this verse, verses uh, 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed. Yes, I would say we are a destroyed people. I would say we are a destroyed people. Whether you look at the news, whether you see what's going on with your family, whether you are out here in the community, whether you are uh, in the education system like I was, uh, a public servant, no matter where you are, if you look at the condition of our people, you would have to agree that our people are a destroyed people. And why did he say we are destroyed? Because you did not obey the voice of Yahuwah, your Elohim, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever. What did he say? Now, Wait, hold, hold up. He said forever. The fact. What? Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to explain that. Now, first thing I'm going to deal with. The fact that the curses are on us is a sign that we are the people. The fact that we go through this stuff, according to the scripture, is a sign that we are the people. Now, the forever part is going to be on you and your descendants forever. The forever is for the end, is for this age. So up until he returns, we're going to have these curses on us. Remember what Yahushua said in Matthew. He said, um, oh, Jerusalem, I've wanted to gather you like a mother gathers her hands, but you were not willing. Now, look, your house is left to you desolate. You will see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the most high. That's him saying that he will not return to gather us until we return to his commandments. And until we are ready to obey his commandments as a people. That's when he's coming back. These curses are going to be on us until he returns. But that's why we have to understand that prophetically, we're very close to his return. One of the last prophecies, Genesis 15, you will be, Abraham, your seed will go to a land that's not theirs and they will be oppressed and afflicted for 400 years. But the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterwards, they will come out with great substance. We're in the judgment part now. The judgment part, while we're in this judgment, he's going to deal with us. He's going to teach us how to keep his commandments. And he's going to do it the same way that he did when, we, when our forefathers were in the wilderness in Exodus. That's according to, Ex, to Ezekiel chapter 20. He said, I will drive you, talking about his people, I will drive you to the wilderness of the people and there I will deal with you face to face. Just like when I took your forefathers by the hand and led them into the wilderness out of the fiery furnace of Egypt. 
he's going to do it again. But this time it won't just be out of Egypt. It'll be out of all of the lands where we're scattered. So these curses are going to be on us until he returns. But he's not going to return until his people begin to yearn to follow his commandments. That's why we're doing this podcast. You got to come out of the church. You have to. You have to. You have to come out of the church. You have to come out of her, my people. She does not love you. She has lied to you. She has destroyed you. She has refused to tell you who you are. Refused to tell you why you are in the situation that you are in as a people. She has refused to be honest with you. She has refused to restore you. She's given you a false hope. And a false God to believe in. And it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to come out. Let's keep going. We almost done. Verse 46. Because you did not serve Yahuwah, your Elohim, with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom Yahuwah will send against you in hunger, thirst, nakedness, and need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron around your neck until he has destroyed you. Oh, my goodness. Your enemies whom he sends against you. He sent them to get us. The same people that brought us into bondage are the same people that rule over us to this day. They're the same people that we need to go begging jobs for. They're the same people that we need to go begging loans for. We got to get our clothes from them. We got to get our money from them. We got to get our housing from them. That curse is still on us to this day. And what he said at the end, he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. How many of our people are in prison when they walk them up to trial they got shackles on their hands shackles on their feet and shackles on their neck when they drug the slaves across the borders and drug them to their slave quarters they had the yokes of iron around their neck to signify yeah this is a slave that's your sign that you are his chosen people that's your son that he called you by name. And he said, they will continue to destroy you until you return to me. Where we at? We on verse 49. Now, here, if this ain't America, <laughs> I don't know what is. Yahuwah will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth. As swift as an eagle flies. What's, what's America's bird? The eagle. Hmm. As swift as the eagle flies. A, a nation whose language you do not understand. A nation of fierce countenance that does not respect the elderly nor show favor to the young. They shall eat the increase of your livestock and the produce of your land until you are destroyed and they shall not leave you grain or new wine or oil or the increase of your cattle or offspring until they have destroyed you. Well, if that ain't America, I don't know what is. If that is not America, I don't know what is. They destroyed our young. They destroyed our old. They took everything that we had and still doing it to this day. 
Let's see. We almost done. Let's go to verse 64. We're going to do a few more verses and then we'll be done because we're, we're a little bit over our hour. Okay, so we, we talked about this um, in the first episode, the uh, the true Jews, about them being a scattered people. Verse 64. Then Yahuwah will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you will serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. Again, just like verse 36. You're going to be scattered to all these different lands and serve all these different gods. Heard what we serve and what's the God of America? Christianity. Wood and stone made up. We already talked about how that image of Jesus is the dead son of a pope. We already talked about that. There we go. Verse 30, I'm sorry, verse 65. And among these nations, you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there Yahuwah will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you, and you shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. Some of the kids I worked with, there's, there was one young man in particular. I think he was 18 at the time. He said to me, Mr. Wills, it's hard to think that you're going to live to grow old when everybody around you is dying young. That sounds exactly like mm -hmm. a trembling heart, failing eyes, anguish of soul. Your life shall hang before you in doubt, and you shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. We are killed in the camp by our own people. We're killed outside of the camp by their people. That is what he's talking about. Your life shall hang before you and you shall be afraid day and night. We're still in these curses right now. Last one, and we're going we gonna to close it out. Verse 68. And Yahuwah will bring you into Egypt again with ships. Now, let's, let's talk about Egypt. Egypt is named from Mizraim. Egypt in Hebrew is Mizraim. Mizraim was the father of Egypt. He was one of the sons of Ham. I think he was Ham's third son, I believe. He was Ham's third son. And Mizraim means bondage or the siege. So when, this, when he says, Yahuwah will take you back to Egypt again in ships, He's saying Yahuwah will take you back into bondage again with ships. How did we get here? We came here on ships through the transatlantic slave trade. So we went into bondage again in ships. By the way of which I said to you, you shall never see it again. Remember where... Um, the, the, the port where they took the slaves from in West Africa, it's called the place of no return. Because once the ships came and got you, you never saw it again. Remember that, because that's, that's right there in the scripture. You shall never see it again. You shall see it no more. And there you shall be offered up 
for sale. You shall be sold to your enemies as male and female bond servants or slaves. And no one will buy you or no one will redeem you or rescue you. So he's saying we're going to go into bondage in eat, go into bondage with ships. And when we leave, we're not going to come back that way again. And when we go into this bondage, we will be sold as male and female slaves to our enemies and no one will rescue us from it. Now, after seeing all of these specific curses, Leviticus 26 was specific. These curses, they specific on a whole nother level. After seeing these things and being able to specify that this is what our history has been as a people, what logical conclusion can you come to? We are going through these curses because he said, if we do not obey his voice to keep all that he commands us, he will send these curses on us. And he has done exactly that. Now, he says later on in um, Deuteronomy 30 that we're going to recognize the, the blessing and the curse. As a matter of fact, let me read it real quick. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. It shall come to pass when all these things are come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, you shall call them to mind among the nations which Yahuwah will, has driven you. And you shall return to Yahuwah and obey his voice according to all that I, uh, according to all that I command you this day, you and your children, talking about his descendants. So he said the day will come where while we're in the lands of our enemies, we will consider the blessing and the curse. That's what we're doing right now. That's why we're going over these curses, because we're looking at these curses like, oh, my gosh, this is what we've been through. That means we his people. That means when we consider the blessing and the curse, we're going to recognize that because these curses are on us, we are the people of the book, which means we are the ones that have to return to his commandments in order for things to be said in order. And then he said in verse two in Deuteronomy 30 and. You shall return unto Yahuwah and shall obey his voice according to all I command you this day, you and your children, with all your heart and all your soul, your soul. And then Yahuwah will turn your captivity and have compassion on you and will return and gather you from all the nations where he scattered you. That's the end of the prophecy of Genesis 15. The nation whom you serve will I judge and afterwards you will come out with great substance. That's when we come out and we leave this nation and all the other nations that we are scattered at. But that doesn't take place until we go through the judgment of all these nations and until we return to his commandments. He said it before us. He said, if you obey my commandments, you'll be blessed. If you disobey my commandments, you'll be cursed. Our people have followed the curses to a T. Now it's time for us to make the decision. You're going to keep on following after these other gods. You're going to keep on following the church that's leading you astray. That's letting you be devoured. You're going to keep on putting your trust in America. 
in this Babylonian system that has destroyed you and refused to give you what you are due? Or will you trust the most high? Will you follow his word? Will you do what he said? Or will you continue to serve these other gods? For me and my house, we keep his commandments. We following Torah. We keeping the feast. Passover's mm -hmm. coming up in what? A couple months. We, we keeping Passover and unleavened bread. We keeping Pentecost. We keeping Sabbath. We doing what his word says. We're we, we not doing Christianity no more. We're not doing any of these other religions. We're not following any of these other ideologies because the covenant was made with us, with Negroes. The Negro man and woman. The covenant was, what was made with our ancestors. So if we don't return, we will continue to stay under the curse. It's up to us. Uh-huh. That's it. You got anything you want to add before we close it up? All right. So there you have it. Uh, the curses and the present state of the Jew, his, cho his, his chosen people, his true chosen people, the true Israelites, the descendants of Jacob, the Yehudis of the book. And so now, next week, we're going to start uh, our part on the Gentiles. Remember, the series is the Jews, the Gentiles, and the Judgment. We're going to talk about who the Gentiles are. We're going to talk about who they are specifically and how their relationship with the Israelites is going to affect them over time and especially at the end, the end of time. Because the scripture says that when we return to his commandments as a people, all of these curses that's on us are going to start to fall on the Gentiles. And we're already seeing that right now in the earth. Already seeing it. And so we're going to talk about who the Gentiles are and what their role is in this judgment that's unfolding. So remember, the most high is the truth. His word is the truth. But the church is a lie. Peace.